like it's been forever. It has been forever. It really has. It, it does seem like it's been a while, but it's really only been a week. And it, the only reason it feels like that to us is because we've only done it doesn't matter. two shows for September because it's been really it busy. It doesn't matter. I, I hurt you. <laughs> it hurts my heart. I miss you. Uh, don't you miss me? <laughs> I did. I missed you. I'm sure the Breakers missed you. I missed everybody. I missed you all. I but know, you it's know, been, it's been duty's call. It it. Huh? Yeah. So talk about it, sir. <laughs> oh, tell him, tell first? me about it. Yes. Okay. So uh, over the past two weeks, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to get it together. So over the past two weeks, I have started three new jobs. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um. Mm-hmm. All in production, which has been good. And so I, I posted something up on Facebook last week, you know, where I was able to actually show uh, the photo of me on my first day. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. actually really cool. It was absolutely amazing. The show hasn't aired yet. The first one. So I can't say anything about it still until, I you know, know but I is. got the opportunity to really experience what real production is. Yeah. You know, cause I've done the independent productions, but to actually for the first time, be a part of a real be production, on an actual real. Yeah. Yeah. On the production side of everything yeah. where I am, you know, a part of the production staff was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I was in the car <laughs> like on my way out there when I was driving to LA, I was so excited. I was, you know, in the car doing whatever, get this. So this is what I love. They are so insanely professional that it literally gave me goosebumps. So we were supposed to park in one location <laughs> And it changed amongst me driving. Well, well, amongst. In the midst of me driving. Whilst whilst you (laughs) were driving. (laughs) (laughs) So it changed while I was on my way out there, right? Right. But this is I how on top it. of amongst, it, I know, amongst, like they, like, I like my park was riding with me. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> um, so on my way out, it changed. But this is what I love about how they operate. They told us where the new place was, gave us the exact location of where it was. Then they mm-hmm. had already set in place shuttles to shuttle us from where the parking structure was over to where the actual location was. And it was somebody's duty to stand at the parking structure all day long with a credit card to pay for our parking whenever we were contracted to leave. Wow. And that was literally probably 35 minutes into my drive when they had already told me what the parking was the day before. So they did that in a span of like an hour. Yeah. And there were about um, probably about 150 people working on this. Yeah. Which is considered a small production, which is crazy. 150 people. That's not including the talent. That's just the staff members. Insane. That's dope though. It that's, was well, absolutely and that's amazing. why I mean that's what professionalism is. Come on like now. What it the epitome of what it is. Right. Well what, just get it done. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> like this this happened. I mean and it kind of revolts back to your life, you know? It like does. if you think about it. Because it's like Shit happens and you're like, you know what? It happens. It happens. So what do I need to, I need, I'm not going to, I'm going to sit here and soak in it. No, just get it done. You know, we're going to have a conversation about that later on. And so I just want to give everybody fair warning now, please buckle up because over these past two weeks, there has been a shift in me, not just personally, but how I'm going to go about things that some people are not going to like. A whole lot of people <laughs> are not going to like. I guarantee you that. So if you don't, you might as well click off now because that's all right. Because what's coming is a whole lot better than what's been. 
But anyway. All right now. I'm just saying. Well, my weeks. Why didn't get to finish? Weeks. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't he get said, to finish. Buckle up. But, um, you said buckle up, so I was buckled up. Well, like, no, no, well, let I me know. say what I got to say real ready. quick. I, so. <laughs> I knew you was ready. No, so we can so, get to um, going. Right. So then what ended up happening is uh, I got there, I got my production pass, and I got in. I just got to run around, and, you know, it was a two day shoot, and then the third day was, you know, doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I was so nervous going to do that because. I've heard so many horrible stories, so many horrible stories about being in Hollywood. You were nervous in regards to what? Being though? a black exactly. man in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And am I going yeah. to be good enough? Gotcha. And so I had the opportunity to actually work directly with the producer who was in charge of that production. And I will say it is because of that man that I have been contracted with that company to move forward. Okay. So I have learned one thing from that whole experience. Your experiences, your dreams, your goals are all based on your perspective. It really is. Mm-hmm. Because don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, there were people there who looked like me, who were who were black. There was uh, actually quite a few different races on this production, mm-hmm. which I'm glad that that was my first real experience. First to show me it's not all like that. Right. Second, the other thing that I learned is it doesn't matter where you go in life. There's always going to be a Debbie Downer. And this is the reason why I'm saying that in the midst of me, literally, I cried about three times that day, you know, because I sent you several (laughs) messages talking about just how overwhelmed I was. I was in the shuttle Mm -hmm. on my way to the location, sobbing in the back with my glasses on. And the driver looked at me. He's like, bro, you good? And as I began to express what I was feeling, he was like, wow, not many people come into this how you are. And he was like, just listening to how appreciative you are to be doing what you're doing. He's like, it makes me look at myself to be like, dang, have I been taking, you know, been taking this for granted? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, thank you for sharing that with me, because he's like, that really made me check myself. You know, like I do take it for granted that there's so many people starving to be in it and they don't get this opportunity and I'm here doing it and it may not be my end goal yet, but at least I'm here and I'm doing it in it. Exactly. Exactly. And so then there was another girl who was really good at her job. And then there was another girl who was also really good at her job. Now, all I was blessed to have all women as my supervisors, except for the main producer, who is a man. But um, the lady right underneath him, who was the director of my department, she was a female. And then my direct boss Mm -hmm. over the talent section was a woman. Most everybody in my department were women. I absolutely loved that. Firstly, And like, I had to Mm -hmm. make that known that I love that. Secondly, these two girls that I worked with, not in my department, I will say that because my department was brilliant. All they did was complain. And I noticed they would try to get me in on it. But because I was so in the moment and so being aware of just being grateful to be there and just Mm -hmm. giving gratitude that I picked up on what it was and was able to just be like, "Eh, I'm good. You know what I mean? And as they were doing their whole little whatever. so. I said that to just say this, it doesn't matter what you do in life. There's always going to be somebody that has something to say, but you have to know you and you have to just always stay present because in that moment, all I kept saying was like, thank you, universe. This is all I want to do. I'm so grateful to be here. And that's what I displayed. And I think that's why I get to come back because everybody kept saying the same thing. They all kept going, your energy that you're bringing 
is amazing. They say it's infectious because like you helped me remember why I got into this. They're like just seeing you running around soaked in sweat, so excited to just still be doing what you're doing and just so willing to help, so kind, never having an attitude. And it was chaos. I ain't going to sit here and lie. Right. It was complete chaos. That's why people don't even get your energy. Energy is inner me. That is who you really, really, really are. So when you don't even understand when people actually, I mean, now they use that word, but before they didn't, it wasn't energy. It was your presence or your aura or whatever. Um, But now everybody's using energy and you don't really understand that that is who you are inside. So that's why it is so crucial to do the self work and to check yourself because what you're putting out is really who you are inside and what you're feeling inside. And you know what? You can't, we, we think we're so, we think we are so good and can hide how we're feeling. Auntie. When we're in a bad mood, when we're just bitter. Auntie. All of those things. We think we're so good at mm. hiding it. And you're not. Somebody who is perceptive and who understands like what you exude mm. is who you are mm. picks up on that real quick. Real quick. So you need to check yourself every day, every time you have a chance. Check yourself like, ooh, was that really? Come on now. Because we all fall short. We really do. But Because it's a journey. That's dope. But yeah. But that's dope that people could, you know, just off of meeting you one day. Literally. Two hours, 15 minutes could pick up on who you are. Literally. Because of, you know, you actually... um doing the work and being so grateful and and thankful for everything that you've gone through to get you to this point and not taking it as I'm entitled. I graduated summa cum laude. I should be here. I mean, and you should be there. But I was doing what I was supposed to be doing to get there. And the supervisor said that to me. She goes, I just love your positivity. And it's it's a check for me as well. And I responded to her and I said, no, I I said, I try to, you know, bring some joy to people's life. And she goes, you're not trying. That's genuinely who you are. And she said, and that's why I enjoyed working with you. And I guarantee you, you'll be back. So enough about me. Come on, child. I got to hear about it. I got to hear about it. Even though I called you, I got to hear about it. Right. So um, the last two weeks have been great. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually. Last weekend, the reason why, well, one of the reasons why we didn't do the show is because I was in good old ATL uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and, um, you know, I got to go out there and support my best friend. She has a business, um, that sells hair, just a sip shop, just a sip shop that sells hair care and skincare products. And I am blessed to be, uh, the COO. Okay. Um, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's it's great to be able to, to do things with people that you love and, yes. and really because the thing about it, this is her dream. Right. But I love her so much and I believe in her so much that I am invested in anything she does, just like I'm invested in anything that you right. do, like period. Uh, and um, so it is my dream, too, because it's her dream, period. Come on now. Um. So we were blessed to be in the BET Her. Black Women's Expo. Yes, yes, I said BET, mm-hmm. y'all. It was a BET event, and um, we just had the like when we walked in. The first thing I said was, "Tony, we got the best spot in this thing. We are right next to the stage, but we are also close enough to BET for like we're right there." Um, and so um, 
it was just great. So, so, you know, we sold a lot of products. We sold out of four of her products, which is amazing. She came with so much inventory and we left with so little. So, um, <laughs> so just good. thankful for that. So good. Just, th- just thankful for that. And then the coolest thing, and I didn't even show you the video. I'm going to send it okay. to you because I want you to see the quality of my camera. But, um, <laughs> For y'all who don't know who B. Simone is, she is she became famous on um, social media comedian and she her brand has just grown. Um, she is now on Wild and Out, like a regular of Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. Um, she's on a TV show with Little Kim. Oh. Um, she I mean, she's just doing big things and she she's on tour. Um, she's a comedian and she's funny as heck and she does this thing um you know she does the be simone tone everything i say (laughs) goes like this and she also has her tagline will you be my boyfriend so um we were two booths away from her oh wow so we walked over to her and tony was just like hey i'm just a sip shop and this is what we got this is what we got we got footage of her letting tony put the put the um, products in her hair oh. right there. Um, okay. And I mean, and then she even was like, where's your business card and all of this stuff. So it was a, it was more of a networking and a gateway That's for right. her to do other things. And then also um, all I'll say is she did get interviewed by BET her and I'm gonna leave it at that. And she okay. was one of the only people there mm. who got to shake hands and rub elbows with the CEO of BET her. Mm. So that's all I'm going to say there, but um, and we're going to leave it there. And so, and then, but the fun part of all, I mean, that was all fun too, but the best part of it all is if you guys don't know my best friend group from when I grew up, it's a foursome, <laughs> me, Nico, Tony and jazz. And so Nico lives in Georgia already. So Tony knew she was coming. And then she knew I was coming because I told her I was coming. And Tony's so humble. She didn't want to ask anybody to come help her. She was just going to do it on her Mm -hmm. own. And we were like, what? No, we're coming. So secretly, she didn't know I had went behind her back and um, (laughs) called Jaslyn and, you know, got her to come. So Tony has no idea that Tony's I mean, Tony has no no idea that jazz is there. So we're running around all day and she's having like a stress day. It's a stress day because we're setting everything up. And, you know, she's like, I'm not feeling pretty. So we went and she got her hair done and she started feeling better after that. And I was she had to go pick up her mom from the airport because her mom came Mm -hmm. down, too. So I was like, you know what, Tony, just drop me off at the hotel so I can start getting dressed. We have dinner reservations at eight o'clock. So, you know, I need to get ready so that when you guys come back from the airport, you can get ready. Mind you, it was six o'clock. We had to be at the restaurant at eight. Okay. So she pulls up to the hotel and Nico comes running out. Tony, Tony gives her a hug. And then Jazz bust out the door and all you see is ugly face, (laughs) ugly cry. And Tony loses it like, oh, my God, you know, because, you know, she didn't ask any of us to be there. None of us. But we love her so much that we did that. So it was just a it was a great moment. Um, And then after that, I had planned a surprise one year anniversary dinner for her because she did not do anything to celebrate her success of being in business for one year and actually turning a profit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I set it up. I got a couple of our other high school friends from Belgium to show up. And then I invited, you know, one of my dear friends and 
Jaslyn had one of her friends come and I'm telling you, she walked into the restaurant, had no idea. We walked up to the table and just video. ugly cried again. <laughs> and yes, that was all over Instagram. And it was just a beautiful moment. Right. But what was more beautiful about it is that um, out of that group, we have had relationships from um, 20 years all the way to one day. See. And every woman in there encouraged each other for being powerful and beautiful and strong. And we, it was just like, everybody knew everybody. It was just like a bond. I mean, most, I knew everybody right. in the room, but I'm saying like some people didn't know, but everybody loved on every, ch- you know, loved on I each know what other. You mean. Right. And we're and and just it was a beautiful moment for women of all races to bond. Oh yeah, we're gonna be talking like about was, that too. Mm-hmm. You keep on dope. keep on speaking so, that positivity. Um, yes. So anyway, um, it was just a all in all, it was a beautiful trip. I got to see all of um all of my best friends in a span of a week, which is amazing <laughs> to me <laughs> because well, that's not normal. Yeah, because we all live, Everywhere. you know far apart and so and then you know and then just even to be able to bond with the girls I haven't seen in so long and that I really love and have a heart for and always support them in the background even though I can't be there it was just awesome to see that and and not just a room full of black women right you know yeah it was just it was awesome so um that was my weekend okay on my weeks these past two weeks so it was very empowering and very uplifting I love um, it. for myself and kind of put me in a kick right. Like gave me a little kick in the butt, yeah. like excellence, everything. Come on now. Do everything. So that's it on that. Right. And so speaking <laughs> of excellence, I want to go in to our first segment of the day. Okay. Because okay. um, we're going to speak about a- excellence. I want to do Have You Seen It? Because I've seen one movie okay. in theaters and then there's the documentary that you and I are going to talk about. Perfect. And we are going to go into that now. Yes, go. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I have. I, I, I have seen some stuff. I've seen some things though, but I don't know. Hmm. So I wasn't really keen on going to see the movie that I'm going to talk about. However, um, the opportunity presented itself. So I wanted to go. Okay. And I just wanted to be fair. So I was asked to go see it. Chapter two. I saw the first one. Uh, I know. Uh, I am not a real big, um, I'm not big on clowns like as a kid they used to scare me and even into I'm, adulthood i'm terrified i'm terrified of clowns because of it the the, the original, original one yeah yeah so um, there was no it there's no it for me gotcha well let me just i, I just want to say this the first one was good i enjoyed the story i enjoyed like the jump of it like you know all was of it everything. the remake yeah the, the remake of the, mm-hmm. okay so the first one a part of this whole saga was um uh, it was actually pretty decent you know i mean it was okay and I think it's because of where I was at. Okay, wait a minute. But just just for my knowledge, was it just as good as the old one? Or was it simply good good because of the production now is totally different than back in the day? In my opinion, I think it was just yeah. as good as the first one. The first okay. one was, you know, okay. pretty epic for its time. Just all the for, things that yeah. they were doing, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And it's Stephen King. His stories are always a little bit twisted and dark and they have a morality yes. sense in them. But no, this one... 
the remake of it was actually pretty decent and I, I thought it was okay. okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted to I know. I did enjoy okay, it. Yeah. I enjoyed the comedy aspect of it because not only was it scary, but they were able to weave in comedy into it that made it brilliant, especially with the children being the ones delivering the comedy lines. So that's what made okay. it so entertaining for me. Okay. Uh, the second one though, I didn't even get 30 minutes into it before I was over it. Like really. Mm. And I don't know if it's because, again, of where I'm at. And you know what? There are going to be tons of spoilers in this. And I don't care because I don't really care to support it. Literally, I don't even know how it ended because it got to a point where Marco was just like, are you ready to go? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Wow. Yeah. So le- let me just tell you what, how, how, you know, it's done pretty well. It's uh, garnered about 358 million worldwide. It's not as well as the first one, but it didn't mean it's, right. it's doing okay. But this is the issues that I had. So I'm just going to tell you how the movie opened up. The movie opened up with um, the black guy, the only black oh, character. Shoot. And actually, no, I'm lying. Hold on. There was a cold open to it where it starts off at a fair. So the fair has come back to the city. Okay. And there they show this guy who looks like he's going to be a punk. He's playing a game, which uh, I mean, I see the tie in. It's a clown with a red balloon coming out of his head. You know, the little water balloon game. He's playing that. He looks like he's going to be a jerk and he's playing against all these kids and he wins. He gets handed the actual, you know, stuffed animal. And there's a little girl right next to him. She has a mark on her face. You see him bend down to her. And he was like, oh, did you want this? And she looks at him sad. So I expected them to have him be a bully. But what he did right. instead was is he got close to her ear and he whispers, thank you for letting me win. And he gives it to her. She has this big old smile and the little girl runs off. Well, this guy walks up behind him and puts on this beaver hat. And then they kiss. Second thing that was unexpected. I wasn't expecting him to be a gay character. Hmm. Okay. However, when they kiss, you see this little boy who's sitting at a table with four other white guys come running up to the two gay white guys and, you know, start hurling the slurs at him. Oh, you know, faggots, oh, this, that, really? and the other. Yes. Yeah. And so the one who looks like he's going to be the punk says some things back and forth to him. You know, he's mouthing off to him, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And then they walk off as they're leaving. The four white guys who are the bullies literally beat them senseless. Oh, my God. And they show it on the screen. Beat this. Like they're showing you getting kicked in the face. The guy has asthma. They take him after beating him, pick him up and throw him off the side of a bridge into the river. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And then Pennywise grabs him and eats his heart. That's how the movie starts. Pennywise being the clown. That's how the movie starts. I know know who Pennywise is. Then they go on to show the black guy who never left the town that all this stuff happened in based off of the first movie. All the other kids left. All the white kids left. The black kid uh-huh. stays in the town. Stayed. He lives in. Because he had to. He lives upstairs in the broken down library. Oh, wow. Listening to the police scanner of when the clown is going to come back. Then they go on to show all of the white people and what's happened to them in their lives. So let's get this. One of the characters is a successful screenwriter and he works in Hollywood. The other white male character is a successful security broker. So he, I mean, risk management broker. 
the third white guy who's Bill Hader, who is freaking hilarious in the movie. Side note, like uh-huh. he's one of the reasons why I tolerated it so long because Bill Hader is freaking funny. It's funny. Like he, he, okay. Yeah, his comedy was really good. Bill Hader is playing a successful comedian who left the city. The other okay. boy who was a genius, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, they don't really say what his job is, but he ends up killing himself. So he ends up not coming back anyway. The one who they always called weak. The successful white girl, her and her husband, they have their own clothing line, but get how they do her. She's being beaten. The first thing that they show of her is her (laughs) into it with her, her husband. So that's the first 30 minutes of the movie. I pull out my phone because I was literally sucking my teeth the whole time. And I was trying to be objective and be like, okay, Carl, are you just really being overly sensitive right now? Or are you really seeing it for what it is? And I'm just thinking about that. And I'm like, huh. So the opening of the movie are gays being beaten and killed. Then it shows all the four white guys. Yeah, they still have their traumas from the past, but they've all left and they're successful. But the black guy is still in the city. Stuck. Right. And stuck. Right. In a loop. Right. On what happened in the past. Literally. And then the woman is being beaten by her husband. Yeah. Symbolism. Jesus. And so really the rest of the movie, I just, I couldn't get into it. And even... They allude to Bill Hader's character being gay. And Pennywise even says to him, I know your dirty little secret. I know your dirty little secret. And Bill Hader's character says, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. So I'm thinking to myself, what are these writers saying to people that it is much better for this person to leave and let other people die? Then for his secret to come out and Bill Hader ends up staying, you know, nonetheless, because of different situations. And again, I don't know what their message was. It was muddled to me. And this is going to bring up a bigger question that I wanted to address because I wanted to look introspectively and say, why are these things bothering me? And again, Mm -hmm. I don't know the intentions of the writers, but to me, I just thought it was ironic to see that yet again. Everybody else can move on. The black is still there and he's not doing so well. Right. And even throughout the movie, it shows the black guy lying to them about different things. And they're just like, you lied to us about that. Oh, you lied again. And he's like, I didn't know any other way to get you guys back here. I, you know, it didn't work because of this, that and the other. So I'm, I'm just sitting there looking at this and I'm just like, wow, wow. Are these the stories that we're telling? And again, I don't know if it's me being sensitive. I don't think you're being sensitive. I think you're being intuitive. And it, it just, for me, I just, I got nothing from it. And I was, I was over it and I was just kind of like, eh. Okay. And again, I stayed as long as I did because of the comedy parts, like the parts that were funny were were really funny. And I guess this is probably like, I feel like maybe you're seeing what I used to, you know how I was like, I just want to watch something funny. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this stuff because I just, whatever. Right. And I feel like maybe now you're seeing what I'm this is why I don't watch all these movies in Hollywood these are things that I've been seeing and I just am like "Eh, I'd rather not let me just laugh through this let me just you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so maybe and and again I'm not saying that you shouldn't but that's why I choose to not be so like I love movies I love film but that's why I'm not so invested in it because I'm tired of seeing those things that that is one reason why I don't like Tyler Perry. I feel like, yes, he does end up having a good message at the end of the day. OK, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking you for that. I do think that it's great that he casts multiple black people mm-hmm. in all of his films. Great. I applaud you. 
But I do not think that by you targeting the trauma of our people in order for you to make money Mm -hmm. and make it as though that stereotype is real and you're perpetuating the same injustices that we all are shouting for this to stop in your films. You're making money off of it. I find that really interesting because I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you on that. And the reason being is that's what I I'm just saying. That's what I feel. And I get you. So that's why I don't want I used to feel that way as well. But then I realized something over these past two weeks that I really have been trying to hold on to and not address because I wanted to address it later. But um, no, we're doing it to ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves. And the reason I say that is because, you know, no, I am going to save it for later because it's in our tea time. And I want to say it when I address a specific thing and then I'm going to lay out all my, okay. my points. But um, yeah. Anyway, so now, it chapter but, two. But oh, just but just to just to piggyback off that, I do get where you're coming mm-hmm. from in it because I do feel like that is a part of mm-hmm. it. But anyway, but it, we'll I, talk about it. We more. are. Yeah. Because that's going to be think, a good yeah. conversation. It, it's yes. All right. So Pennywise sucks. So yeah, I, I didn't like it. I, I genuinely didn't like Chapter it. 10. And I was just kind of like, yeah. whatever. The, when it was funny, I, mean, I wouldn't, it was, I wouldn't, yeah. If they would have focused more on the comedy, I would have been good. I just don't understand the reason for having that brutality of him being beaten first and then thrown over the bridge and then eaten. Well, I mean, there's just, I mean, that's what's happening though. I, and I get that. And that's Still. why I said, I don't know what their intentions were. I'm just saying yeah. for me. The story needs to be there. And I, you know how I am. I'm really big on story. You know that for me. Yeah. The story you needs need to, to make build sense. The story exactly. Yep. There needs to be a reason for every decision made. And I think that's where a lot of films fall short is that they just throw stuff in the right, air. Because and let why, it land. why, or why did that happen? Like exactly. it wasn't what tied was to the, any of the characters. Exactly. That was just a pointless death. Unless they were tying it to the comedian's character. But it, and that was what happened when he was younger. And you know what? I guess if I would have stayed to the end, I guess I probably would have known. But if that was the case, he wouldn't he have said, been alive. I know your dirty little. S- no, that could have been the other guy that they threw off. Well, no, they show Bill and- Hader being, you know, picked on when he wanted to hang out with somebody. And they were just like, what are you, a little faggot? And it does show that same guy bullying. Do you know what I mean? So I get that that's yeah. probably what they were trying to allude to. But again, I don't know what their reasoning was right, behind it. But that's just something stay. I noticed. And I was no, like, yeah. hmm, maybe they're trying to bring light to it. OK, but it just for me, it just turned me off. But again, right. come see, come saw. Then the other thing I wanted to talk about <laughs> was the Chelsea Handler documentary. <laughs> Hello, Privilege. It's me, Chelsea. So before I say anything about it, I want to know what your feelings were. Because, you know, I told you I wanted to talk about it. And so I told you if you could check it out. And you said you already had it on your list. So yes. how did you feel about it? So I really enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, so I've always been a fan of Chelsea. I feel like she's always advocated on the low for black people. She's made mistakes Mm -hmm. in the past. Um, but I do feel like she's always understood this, the still separation between whites and blacks, you know? Right. Um, and then I had already known her story in the past of, you know, her dating a black guy and getting pregnant. I already knew all of that stuff. So I knew that she understood a lot of um, what we go through. Yeah. But to watch the documentary and for her to act to see her actually realize mm-hmm. some of the things that she already understood was um, really the, the, the thing for me. Like she, you know, and, and for her really um, taking the time to understand 
the privilege that she does have and that all um, Caucasian people have mm. in America that they might not know that they have. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I want to say that, too. I don't think it's a bad thing that they don't know, because one of the girls said this in the movie. She said, I know I feel like it's there, but like I benefit from it. So how would I notice it? Mm hmm. And I thought and that for me kind of took the move, the, the documentary to a different place, because then you kind of really understand why white people don't see their privilege. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. So I thought it was dope. But I also think that is dope to, um, you know, because I watched the documentary. I saw everything that she was doing. I thought I thought it was great. But then on the other side of that, I saw the owner of Ben and Jerry talk about his situation where he knew that something he did in the past, smoking weed with his friends in the past and getting a, a, a tap on on the wrist. Um, he knew that if he was black, he would have been yeah. had a record and wouldn't be a success and being able to get the loans in order to start the right. Jerry's. So I thought that like seeing, you know, those two things tie into place. It's like um, on the other side, I do think that they realize that as well. Mm -hmm. Like some of them really do see it and they just pretend, you know, I but anyway. So I, I, I enjoy it. I, I it enjoy was, it. It was really good. And I like the fact that Chelsea said in the documentary, she goes, um, I like putting myself in uncomfortable situations. So she said, yeah, it was really uncomfortable for me to go to that open mic and sit and listen to everyone. And one of the things that the girl, one of the girls said in there that was really good. She goes, your right privilege is even showing now. And she's like, you can cut this out the documentary. And I appreciate Chelsea not cutting that part. She left it in where the young girl goes, it's right privilege for you to even walk into here with your cameras, making a documentary about white privilege. Yes. And I was like, wow. Yes. Wow. And she knew it. And she said, you're right. Yeah. She knew it. I didn't know anything about Chelsea Handler's story. Really? At all. Like, I didn't know anything. So I That's was going I've, into I've it. I've always loved her. I, like, oh. she's been funny. I've seen things that she's done that she's funny, but I've never like really followed her. Do you know what I mean? Like I saw the yeah. um, interview that she did with uh, Kevin Hart and I thought that was funny, like their interactions back and forth and stuff. And I've heard about, you know, the little because she's hilarious. I, yeah, I've heard about the drama and then, you know, the news where people dig up stuff and all of that. And they try to, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I didn't really like know her or follow her. So when I watched the documentary, I went in like completely fresh and I was just like, wow, I appreciate her doing that. And I love how she even addressed her, you, um, her book that she did or her Uganda book. Yeah, the, yep. um, Uganda be kidding. Right. And again, with her being a comedian, I thought it was funny because I'm like, it's a nice play on words. Knowing her story even more now, I could see why she right. kind of did it. But then I also appreciate yeah. that she stepped back and was like, me putting that and out was white privilege. The privilege. <laughs> realize the privilege of it i was like wow i appreciated watching her evolve in it and her not being afraid to show her herself evolving and maybe seeming exactly. ignorant sometimes or seeming arrogant and sometimes or you know what i mean like i appreciated mm -hmm. that part of it and i loved how she said this is not a black person's problem this is a white a person's problem they yeah. need to fix this and then she had that mm -hmm. one lady who said listen I'm dealing with enough that I do not want to have to sit around and make you feel better about you feeling bad about having white privilege. Huh. And I said, my God, that's powerful. Because it's true. That's what it becomes about. I've been done because wrong. Because it becomes my injustice, us explaining And now I have to, to then yes. justify why you feel bad 
for the position that you're in. No, screw you. Right. Not in that, not in that sense, but like, screw you. Right. Right. I've endured enough. Exactly. And for me, the uh, other big point was, um, I love what Tiffany Haddish said. Um, you know, Chelsea was just basically like, what do you think, um, it, it, the, what do you think white privilege is? And Tiffany gets emotional and Hold she on, says, no. did you notice what happened with her and Kevin Hart when she asked that question? Did you notice yeah, how they looked the at each contact. other? They looked at each other and then Kevin starts immediately laughing. Mm-hmm. And then Tiffany says, well, you know, I don't want to say anything because like, even though we're having this conversation, you know, I don't know. And, and do you know because why, that's though? how we feel. No. And, and this is this is the issue. And I've been trying to hold it, but it just keeps bubbling up in me and I'm sick of it. So buckle up, y'all, because here we go. Based on that, I watched an interview on, I think it's comedy something online. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the headline said, black people tired of Tiffany Haddish. And in the the conversation that these two young ladies were having, one of the young ladies mentioned Mm -hmm. that, that that was Tiffany Haddish's time to speak up on white privilege. But her and Kevin Hart chose to stay silent. And then she goes on to further say, you know what? Her talking about she not knowing what kings and queens she from. Well, that just might be her. But booby, we know we from kings and queens. Why don't you speak up for our inequality and our justice? And I'm thinking to myself, you're damned if you do. And you're damned if you don't, if you're black. And I'm just going to say it like this, because when Tiffany Haddish was coming up and she was playing the ghetto black girl. Everybody was running. Oh, look, she's finally showing us she being real now that she's transitioning out and she's doing other things. Oh, now black people are done with her. That's on that situation. The Dave Chappelle situation. It, like, hey, y'all buckle up because I'm tired of it. Like, I'm so sick and tired of it. They have something negative. Wait, to say but about- let me. But, but wait, but let me finish with the okay. Tiffany Haddish. Because okay, I'm sorry. I know. I, I, do, cut you I, off. I know. I'm, yeah, no, it's OK. And I see that. I see that. I see that part of it. But for me, what she spoke was facts. It was. No matter what, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you're, hold on, no matter how you're feeling. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So she, she spoke up and she said, you know, you have the knowledge and the privilege to know where you came from. Yep. I don't have that privilege to know where I came from. And we don't. Right. Because we could probably we can probably go back and back and back for our ancestors and find out what plantation we was on. Right. But outside of that, what? I don't know where you from. Right. You could be from Uganda. I could be from Congo. Right. Like what? I don't know. So she was absolutely right and justified in everything that she said. Now, all of that other yip, yap, yip, yap. Listen, okay. At the end of the day, just like, um, uh, Chelsea said they've been given a head start, so they're able to have already generational wealth. They mm. grew up with generational wealth. We had to create it. We had nothing. We had pennies literally to our names. So, yeah, we're behind. So, yeah, it's going to take us some time to catch up. So, yeah, sometimes we're going to have to do things and not always be in the headlines about speaking up Mm. about everything so that we are able to get our people where they need to be. Right. Period. Sometimes it's like that. Oh, well, you got a problem with it. You stay in that broken mentality, that slave mentality that I'm not I can't get off. um, You know, I can't come up off your back. So it's a problem because you're supposed to be representing me. Mm -hmm. 
No. Mm. I don't speak for all black people. Uh, right. That's where I was going with that. Tiffany don't speak for, no, for, for all black women because there's some things that she says that I don't agree with. She don't speak for me. Come on now. I can relate to her, but she don't speak for me. So why would you want them to be a representation of you? You don't know what skeletons they got in their closet. You don't know what they really feel. Applaud her for what she has accomplished right. and what she has done right. for black people because she has paved the way for black female comedians period right. give her her props now and keep it the fuck moving come on now all right now i'm done i'm sorry no, that's okay <laughs> that's okay because I, I know you're feeding off of me because it is making me angry so i would really like to go into tea time okay so that we can get on these things so i can just get it out because i see that this is gonna okay. end up taking the rest of the show <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it be like that. We got to just. I feel that you and I need to have this conversation because it is really going to shift the direction of our show because I'm going to change a lot of the things that I have been monitoring for fear of making certain people feel a certain way. And I'm over it. Oh, okay. Well, so uh, let's get our tea. get into it mm-hmm. go ahead you want to go first do you want to go first um because there were some that I'll you said you really one. wanted to talk about so i want to let you get those before we get heated yeah 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 i'll go into one real mm-hmm. quick um i did want to talk about the ed buck situation i don't know if you know about oh, I heard all about of that. that um but for all of you guys who don't know mm. ed buck is a um I don't know what he is, but he's, you know, investor or broker or something. Yeah. He's like a, he's an investor or whatever. And he invests into the government, um, the California, like LA County Mm -hmm. government. He's a big donator to the governor and the mayor and all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Money, 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 money. Okay. So, and let's just keep it at that. And he is a older Caucasian gentleman. Mm-hmm. And basically for years now, it's been circulating in the West Hollywood scene amongst the boys, you know, that, he, you know, to be careful around him because he does like to um, drug young black men. Right. And do whatever he wants, you know. And so in 2017 was his first allegation of drugging a homeless sex worker um, and he died. It was meth. He was not, and, and you know, of course, and it was me, it was methamphetamines, and um, you know, that was the first time it was ever heard of for whatever reason. There was, you know, nothing happened. It just memory faded. Since then, there have been other young men, and uh, finally, um, I think a couple days ago, he was arrested mm-hmm. for the murder by the FBI. Yes, for the murder of another young man. Well, the death of a y- another young man, but it was murder. Right. Let's just be clear. When you are entering, uh, putting a needle in someone's veins and pumping them full of drugs, you are killing yes. them. <laughs> Period. And so um, they were was lucky enough to have a testimony from another young man who had been through the situation with Ed Buck and did not die. Thank right. God. Um so he was actually um, charged, though, this past Thursday. Oh, yeah. They call him the Democratic donor. That's what it is, because he does, you know, right. help people with their campaigns or whatever. So on Thursday, Buck was charged with one count of distributing methamphetamine leading to a death. 
And according to the U.S. attorneys, um, this is ending a two year saga that has circled around him. So this has been ongoing. And who knows how long has been going on prior to that? But, you know, the, the biggest thing is us out here as not just on, you know, not just black men and women, but just as young men and women, you just have to keep your guard up and be um, aware of your surroundings and the people that you're surrounding yourself with. If somebody's sick and twisted, you know, you have an uncomfortable feeling around them. You just need to know when to separate yourself from the situation and just say no. Like, because right. um, there's just too many sick people out here. Just period. But anyway, go mm. ahead, girl. I just want to talk about that because it's it's about time. Well, I'm glad that but they, this yeah. has been happening for years. Exactly. <laughs> that this has been ongoing. So I know that you were out in Atlanta. Yeah. And I have wrote you to ask you, did you get a chance to, uh, well, did you know that Kanye was in Atlanta? And you told me, yeah. And I asked you, did you go to Sunday service? And you told me, no, you didn't get a chance to. And I understand why. Because you guys were at the experience and you had stuff that you had to do. So I get it. Right. You know, that was way more important. However, this is the issue that I'm having with that. So let's just run it back, shall we? So Kanye's doing Mm -hmm. Sunday service now, right? And we talked about this when you got to see it at Coachella. So girl, you better sit up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Little side note before we go into this. I want to give you all some giggles before we, we get hot. (laughs) <laughs> so we're currently recording at like 1104 in the morning. <laughs> Trina has gone through an entire glass of wine. <laughs> and needs to get a refill. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. This is what makes our show our show. I'm sipping on coffee. Well, my coffee is gone now, but I was like, no, we got. So again, okay. Back to the Kanye thing. So. Mm-hmm. Why I did it, I don't know, but I did. I decided to start reading the comments on Kanye's Sunday service. Trust me, I watched it. And some of the songs I thought were good remixes and some of them I thought were, oh, they could have done better. Right. The one that I actually liked was um, when they did More Abundantly. Well, they did it quickly, but they did, um, you know, Ricky Dillard's song, which I thought was super dope. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now, this is the issue that I have. When Kanye first did Jesus Walks and that came out, people said to him then, well, and when I say people, I'm talking about the black community, the black church. It's great that he decided to put out a song about Jesus, but he needs to give his life completely over to Jesus. Oh, okay. Why ain't he doing Mm -hmm. gospel music? Do you Mm -hmm. don't remember that conversation Mm -hmm. back then? I do. I do. Okay. So now. He has made the choice because I watched an interview where Kimye, uh, Kimye, <laughs> did I just give them a new, a new name? Is that their new couple I name? I think they do call them that. No. Yeah. <laughs> do they? Okay. Well then there you go. Kimye. Okay. Well then good. Anyway, I, well, Kim Kardashian was on The View and she spoke about how Kanye rededicated his life to Christ and he was more focused on, you know, trying to walk and follow Christ which is where this whole Sunday service came from. And she made it very clear. No, he's not trying to be a pastor. He's not trying to be a preacher. Whatever church he is allowed to go into, that pastor and that preacher, the ones who actually deliver the sermons, he's just trying to do it more as a music ministry to heal right, himself. Right. That's the way that he's, he's been trying to do it as try to get it out there to people. So I watched several different shows where they're all saying, 
you all need to be careful because that's the new thing. What? And they're comparing Kanye to Mace, who started his own church. They're they're saying that, you know, you need to be careful because you don't know the message that Kanye is preaching. And from every single time I've seen Sunday service, I've never seen Kanye preach. There was one time at um, when he was in Atlanta at New Birth. Mm -hmm. The pastor was there. I saw the pastor on stage, the new pastor that is. And Kanye was just up there speaking and he, I saw it more as him testifying to his own experience That's what he does. and what he had been going That's what through. He, does. he testifies. And so, but this is what is making me angry about it. When I said earlier about Tiffany Haddish, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. This is the part that is making me so frustrated because I can name person after person where the black community always has something to say. And I am to the point now where it's just like, if you want to remain in that slave mentality or that crabs in a barrel mentality, right. then there's nothing left for you. Because the thing is this, you're okay when somebody is talking about their story right. and how they struggled and they're showing you hopes and dreams and aspirations. And that if you put your mind to it, you can get to your end goal. You celebrate them when they're doing that, when they're first coming up. However, once they get to a position where things are expounding and getting bigger, for some reason, you then feel you have to begin to tear them down. You and I'm not preach. understanding it. They've done it with Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. They've done it with Kevin Hart. And even now, his accident, people are now going into the accident and talking about, okay, well, what about this? What about that? Why is it that we as a black culture have to continue to try to find something wrong? Now they're trying to say, I can't remember. I should have written it down. I saw some girl who got back on and she had done some research into the type of car that Kevin Hart had saying that there was no backseat. And the person who said they were driving. So? Well, she's just saying, you know, why did Kevin Hart get out of the car? You know, was he drinking and was he this and was he that? Now, again, there are no facts in this, but she's out there just reporting something just so she can get some likes, just so she can get some views. I am sick of the cancel culture. I'm the sick of the people who are just trying to tear anybody down to get somewhere. It's tiring. It's old. I'm tired of these people who are so freaking sensitive to everything. It amazes me. Like we were talking about the Dave Chappelle thing. People know how Dave Chappelle is. However, instead of you focusing on the real problems that we are having in this country. And this is the thing that, okay, Lord, oh, calm down, Carl. Take I'm your trying time. not to Take get angry time. about it, but no, it's okay. it infuriates me. It's People want to sit Talk. and cry and bitch about the stuff that Dave Chappelle said. However, half of those people did not go out and vote because Bernie Sanders didn't win. And now we have a president literally who was breaking the law every goddamn day. They were complacent in that situation. Literally did nothing about it. Half of them probably didn't even vote. But now they want to sit around and complain about Dave Chappelle. There are real problems happening in this world. And a comedian, it is his job to entertain us. If he is not entertaining you, then don't watch it. However, you need your 15 minutes of fame so bad that you would much rather sit and complain about something you did not have to watch. Nobody made you watch it. However, we have to live with this president because people voted for him. Yeah. Like, really? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Yep. I don't get why these people decide to do this. I'm over it. I'm so insanely over it. You have no idea. And it goes from place to place to place. And when I saw that last thing with Kanye, where they were talking about, y'all got to have discernment of spirit. I'm sick of these people. 
I am sick of them. Make up your freaking mind. You wanted the boy to get into the church. The boy has said that he has given his life over to Christ and he's doing a music ministry. Now you're talking about, oh, be careful because the devil was dressed up in sheep's clothing. Do you see how just contradictive it is? Can't nobody please y'all motherfuckers. Right. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> and in watching this the past two weeks, I have really come to understand a lot, a lot about myself my own biases, how I refuse to talk about certain situations or I would stifle how I was going to say something based on what people are going to have to say. And this oh, is the you other know, thing I that kills me. I gave up on that a long time ago. No, 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 no. But, but this is the part that kills me because you know I wanted to go into film. Right. I am no longer scared because you know what? Y'all want to sit there and complain about stuff. Kevin Hart, they got the Oscars taken away. Well, actually, he stepped down because of stuff he said 10 years ago. Right. You're not forgiving. That's the thing. That's I said. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you 10 don't. 10 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Y'all can't forgive somebody. That's the thing. They want everybody so damn sensitive. And half those people who were offended by the transgender thing laugh when he was making the jokes about the black people. Yeah. They laugh when he was making the jokes about the exactly. white people. But as soon as he touched your situation, then all of a sudden you got a problem with it. That's I know you I did. Said. And I'm so That's sick of it. I That's am sick of these people. Welcome. Welcome to the dark side. But That's you what I what? call us. We're the dark side because... I'm, I'm going to say it like this. I was guilty of it. And I, to this to this day, I probably am still guilty of it. But the thing is, is I'm not jaded know, enough. Y'all know I am the first person. I'll call myself out before any of y'all even now. get the chance to. Because I know some of the stuff that I say is not always what it should be. And I'm work. I'm still working on myself. But damn it. Some of y'all just, just stupid. Stuck on it's stupid. Ridiculous. Just stuck on stupid. How are you looking up to someone else to save you from your own stuff? Get out of here. I'm over it. Can't nobody pull me out the mud but myself. Come on now. Ain't Look, I got to get strong enough to use my arms and get myself out of this stuff. Can't nobody pull me out. This is my journey. <sighs> and the fact that and the fact that we hold these celebrities <laughs> so high up on a pedestal to ourselves mm. that we feel like what they have is unattainable. Get out of here. Get out of here. They are a person on their journey doing the exact. They have the same number of hours in the day that I do. Same blood. Me and Carl was talking about this this morning. I choose yep. to get up in the morning and move differently because I want better for myself. Ain't no sleeping in. And so and, and for me, what when I get up in the morning, I get up at eight to, to some people that's sleeping in. That's right. And I applaud you because eventually I'm going to beat it. That is sleeping in for me. You know 5 that. 5 a.m. is when I rise. Yeah. You like my mom. My mom is up every morning, 4 or 5 a.m. Yep. And good for the rest of the day. And then goes to bed 10, 11 o'clock. That's right. <laughs> and she's, she gets so much shit done, period. Yeah. And it's like, we have to stop. And this goes, this ain't even a black people thing. This is an all across the board, a, a human thing. We got to stop having expectations on people to get us to the next level. No, mm -mm. we got to have stop having expectations on people that you yourself can't live up to. That's the problem. That's, that why they, that's why they point out all this other stuff is because. But, but they the problem is that you ex you looking at other people and expecting them to do things to get you there, too. I can't mm -hmm. depend on you to get me where I want to be, Carl. Come on now. I can't depend on your success. As soon as Carl make it, then I'm going to make it. Get the fuck out of mm. here. I'm sorry for my language, but get the fuck out of no. here. That, that's another thing is I apologize way too much and those days are gone. 
I'm just Those saying, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like this, these unrealistic expectations that we have on ourselves and on other people, it's ridiculous and sickening. You, you know where you want to be in life. So get out there and do it. It's that simple. No more excuses. No more. Oh, well, what you said. If, so what? If what somebody said offended you. So what? You know what, Trina? I'm going to say something. And a lot of people are going to be pissed off about this. And I don't give not one shit. <laughs> yes, there is a thing as white privilege. And yes, it has impacted us in many different ways. But you know what's impacted us more? Is the stupid shit that we do to each other. Look how they don't need to uh, to use white privilege because we do it to ourselves. Period. Point blank, period. <laughs> That's what's been keeping us down is because we do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Period. Because as soon as somebody make it, we got to go dig up some dirt because they can't be perfect. Well, they never claimed to be perfect. You thought they were perfect. Mm-hmm. You put them in that spotlight. Mm-hmm. So now somebody has to go find something to bring them down to make them feel more relatable to you. Mm-hmm. No. How about you do something with yourself? And again, that's what, then that's why I say so what? Because because it needs to be you need to have this. You know, I watch Basketball Wives. And you know, that's a little messy show, but there's one girl on there who, you know, she does like kind of pump herself up like around certain people. But when she is in front of certain people, she don't act that way. Mm-hmm. And I was very proud of her on this episode because the girl calls her out and she says, well, I heard that you had some stuff to say about me. And she's like, so when you say it, keep the same energy that you had with them. And she said, oh, I'm going to keep the same energy. You're evil. You're this, you're that, you're that. And that is what we need to do to ourselves. Like, period. forget all of, forget everybody else. Like when I'm talking to Carl about my dreams, when he's not around, I should have that same energy. It shouldn't just be hyped up when I'm around certain people. Oh, this is what, and I'm going to do this. And I'm going, when we talk all that talk, but we don't walk it. You should see proof. Of what is going on in my life. Right. From what I'm saying to you. You should see it. Trina, when I tell you that I had amped myself up expecting the worst when I finally got into production. Yeah. That when I sat in that moment and it was wonderful. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who come to make you better. And when I say make you better, I'm talking about people who specifically... Who's are the people there that question to, you? Exactly. To sharpen you. They come yeah. and they grate on your nerves and it's to make you look inward and say, okay, why is this bothering me? Is this yeah. because I have something I need to but fix you know or I is feel? this because this is a test? But you know what I feel, Carl? I feel, and, 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 and this is a, 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 this is an opinion. I'm going to just say that. This is an opinion. I feel that in real life, if there was no such thing as a hater, Okay, Mm -hmm. because a hater is something that we have created like we have we have created such a negative energy that we Mm -hmm. have created that. Yes. So I feel like in real life, like if people actually invested in themselves, believed in themselves, mind they own business that I would be that person for you. I would be that person questioning you. I would mm-hmm. be that person sharpening your t- people that are closest to you and who believe in you should be those people who are like, right. well, you could do better. 
And I'm not and I'm not hating on you because we want right. you to succeed. But we're telling you, well, Car, you could do better. And people who really care about you. What I tell they, you about some of them jobs. What but seriously, what do I tell you about some of them jobs? That's what I'm like, gonna say. They tell I you did, to look at yourself. They I don't said, blame nobody. They just say, Hey, maybe you should look at how you're doing this. Maybe you should look at how you're doing that. Period. Though that is a quote unquote hater, somebody who really cares about you and wants to see you succeed. That's what a hater should be. Not somebody who don't even know me, but see my success and want to bring me down. That's a societal, that's a societal thing that we have created in order to keep each other down, to make ourselves feel superior. You're right. And, And let me say this, someone who really cares for you and who is in your side, when they come to question you, they're not questioning your dream. They're not questioning your goal. They're questioning you, asking you questions to make you better. Yeah. Let me give you an example of that. If I tell Trina that I want to be a director, she doesn't ask me, how are you going to be a director? You ain't got no experience in that. How are you going to be a director? How yeah. are you going to be there all the time? How are you going to do all these things? That's, That's not being supportive. Yeah. When Trina, I tell Trina, I want to be a director. And she's like, okay, well then how, how can you put yourself in the positions to get there? That's right. somebody who cares about you. Be very clear in that. My question would be this. He says, okay, I'm going to be a director. Okay. So what's your next step? So when it comes to being a director, what qualities do you have to have? Come on now. To make you take a look at yourself. And then I'll say, okay, so now that you have this plan in place, what's your next move? Come on now. Because your next move got to be your best move. So right. you tell me. How oh, can you well, get there? I, I, oh, well, I think I'm going to go here and I will say, you know what? I think you should do it this way. This is an opinion. But I feel like, you know, I feel like this will be a better move for you because I see what you see. It's just like what I said earlier about Tony. That might not have been my dream starting off. But since it is her dream, it has now become mine, period. Come on now. Me and Carl, we've been doing this Breaking Hollywood thing and and period. Underneath that is my event planning. Underneath that is his production. And guess what? He called me and said, man, I'm starving. I ain't got nobody out here. Okay, hold on. Give me 30 minutes. I'm about to roll up and and bring you some uh, Del Taco. What else you need? Come on now. What else you need? Period. That's how it go. That is your, that's what our haters should look like. That's what a hater should look like to me. Mm. If we talking in the real world, that's what a hater should look like. All this other stuff, all this, all this, you know, doing things to make yourself feel better about the shitty space that you're in. Bruh, if you don't, we talked about it earlier. Your energy is the inner me, period. Like y'all don't even realize that that is so like what it is. That's just what it is. What you are protruding out of you (laughs) come on now that is who you are if you want people to look at you different and look at you better you gotta change yourself for yourself period (sighs) that's what all of this at the end of the day that's what all of this is about all of it why why do we have we questioning why we got a president like this because the people who got him in office that is the inner me that's what they really feel. That's what they want. And somebody is representing how they really feel. And deep down, if you chose not to vote against him, you wanted it as well. 
You didn't care. No, it's you didn't care enough no. about mm-hmm. yourself. I, I have to agree. I have to disagree with you on that, Trina. No, they wanted it as well, because I'm going to say it just like this. If you in the car with somebody and the driver is saying, we're getting ready to go rob this bank and you're saying, I don't care. I'm not going to participate in it. I'm just going to sit here and watch. When you go to a court of law, they're yeah. going to say you were accomplice in it. Period. So if you chose to sit in the back seat and not participate, you're just as guilty. And I'm calling you out on that. Well, I couldn't vote for her because she was just as bad. Okay. Then you shut the hell up and you enjoy it now. So then you better speak up this time. I'm going to be honest. I didn't like Hillary either. I didn't, didn't but I voted for her because I saw what he was about. I didn't like either of them, but I voted for Hillary because I knew at the end of the day what this was going to do. Like I knew it. Just like now, there's a lot of people who look good and know what to say on cue. I'm not voting for y'all. Carl could vote for anybody in the world. I don't care. I'm going to vote for who I want. Period. So, yeah, that's that on that, Carl. That's that on that. We didn't even get to help me fix my life that week, this oh well. week but it's okay. Y'all that's all right. Because right? just be prepared because, you know, this is where I'm at now. Amen. Could be different next week. I told Could you be different in a month. To, I, told you right now, to the, I told you welcome to the dark side. It's not, it's dark not a side. bad mm. thing. It's not a bad Dark mm. side isn't a bad thing. Oh, I know. Ain't nothing wrong with being dark. That's nothing. what I'm saying. You see, I'm in all black. Child, you know, those are my colors. Black, white, and gray. Come on now. You know half my closet, child. So that's just that on that. Hmm. Period. Poo. <laughs> Check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. I was watching the, you know, you know, my news channel. I was watching it the other night and uh, they do a segment where it's called, um, oh my God, post game. And uh, in the post game, he was just talking and he was saying, you know, I've really gotten to a place in my life right now where I'm just, I'm finding moments to just be happy. And he looked at, he looked at the camera and he goes, I'm giving you permission to be happy because he goes, a lot of people forget to be happy. And he was sharing his story. He said the reason why, because he was raised a Muslim, he said the Mm -hmm. reason why I stopped prescribing to any religion is because the basis of them for me, what I heard was you're not good enough. You're always being judged. You always have to watch every decision. You have to sit there. And he was like, it made me begin to feel I am a horrible person. I'm not good enough. No matter what I do, I'm never going to live up to. And I, in a way, Related to that, because I've had my own experiences. I don't mm-hmm. completely knock against religion. I'd say I'm the first person to say whatever works for you is fine. As long as I'm you a, ain't harming nobody. I'm against religion. I'm for spirituality. I don't care what you believe in. You can believe in Buddha, God, an armpit for, Do all, you, boo? for all I care. Come on now. But I'm not a fan of a law over mm. how I should feel mm. and how I should act. I'm not over. Mm. I'm not. I'm not for that. But the spirituality aspect that me knowing that I am a human being and I should treat people with love, patience, kindness, forgiveness, be a caring person, be a good person, be a person that that understands that people make mistakes. I'm all Mm. for that. Mm. I'm all for that. I'm all for that good shit. But when you tell me, you know, I can't do this because I'm this or I'm not good enough because I'm that. That's where I have a problem with. That's what I have a problem with. Well, the issue that gets me, I'm going to keep it real simple. It's so funny to me how the people who are the most religious and say that, you know, they're pro-life. It's funny how they're pro-life until that child grows up to be gay. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's amazing to me. So you want to tell the woman that she cannot abort the baby. However, when the child grows up in America, we're supposed to have free rights. That child does not get to live a free life, though. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. That's what Ironic. I say. That's but what anyway, I say. Don't even get me started. That's but a whole other conversation. Say, but that's why I say I'm not for religion. I ain't never been for mm. religion, but I am for spirituality. I am for you. If you if your message, you're coming at your people and it's and it's pushing them to be better. I'm for you, period. Mm. I'm for what you stand for. I'm, I'm, I've always been for a teacher rather than a preacher um, because I don't need nobody talking at me. I need somebody mm. speaking to me, mm. period. I think we need to leave it right there. So that's that. On that. On that, ladies and gentlemen. It is. Girl, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here because let's we got go. shit to do. <laughs> it's a beautiful Sunday for us, Wednesday for you. <laughs> <laughs> but guess oh. what, y'all? We love you and we mean it. We do. And remember this, love, light, and positivity always. Always. High five. Right. High five, Gary. <laughs> Bye. Well, you better go ahead and hold it then. <laughs> you better tell them what you need to tell them this week. <laughs> tell them! Tell them! Oh, oh, oh.